The Grower Calling, Canada's go-to horticulture podcast for the latest industry news. We're picking up the phone and talking to farmers to discuss topics impacting them and their farm business. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BASF, We Create Chemistry. Controlling insects and disease is nothing new for Canada's apple growers. The decisions for integrated pest management are becoming more complex as some commonly used products are no longer available. My name is Karen Davidson, editor of The Grower. Today I'm welcoming Hank Markgraf to our podcast. He's the kid of field services for BC Tree Fruit in Kelowna, British Columbia. And he's going to shed some light on some of the strategies that growers can use in the future. Hello, Hank here. Hank, good morning. Good to have you on board with us. I know that you're well into the apple harvest in the Okanagan. So tell us a little bit about your role with BC Tree Fruit and then give us some highlights of the disease and the insect pressure that uh, you've witnessed in the 2018 season. So yeah, my name's uh, Hank Markruff. I'm the field service manager here at BC Tree Fruits. We have a uh, team of uh, horticulturists that go out and work with our growers and uh, provide horticultural advice. Uh, everything from insect and disease uh, control to uh, tree management. And of course, a big part of our job right at this part of the season is uh, making sure that we get the fruit into the packing house at the right maturity. How many growers would you uh, be looking after? BC Tree Fruits is uh, home to 100 and, or sorry, 430 different growers and um, probably about 600 different lots uh, that, uh, of orchards that come into us. So quite a few growers. Lots of uh, area to cover, and uh, we look after not only um, apple and pear crops, but we do have a lot of soft fruits that come into us as well. One of the uh, topics uh, for today is to talk about some of the insects that um, and the disease pressure uh, that you've witnessed. Tell us a little bit about how you came through the summer of 2018. So the summer of 2018 was um, actually a pretty easy season for us uh, as far as insects were concerned, um, we do have a sterile insect uh, release for the control of codling moth. And for the most part, uh, that was okay. We did have a few hot spots, but fairly easy to control. Um, and uh, I think on the disease side, um, uh, unlike my Ontario counterparts, we don't have to deal too much with apple scab, but we do have to deal with uh, powdery mildew. Um, and that uh, is pretty normal for us and um, fairly easy to control on the apple side this year. However, on the cherry side later in the season, powdery mildew was, uh, was a bigger problem for us this year for sure. Now, I know aphids aren't usually a problem, but uh, what happens if you get an infestation? I know there are, I think, three different species, but let's delve into that particular insect species and then talk about how that's an example of uh, the complexity of uh, an integrated pest management program. Right. So, yeah, for us, uh, aphids normally aren't too big of a problem for us, um, but for any grower that does have the problem, and we do have a few that sometimes have some aphid pressure, um, it, it's a pretty big problem. So it's not that we're not uh, dealing with aphids out, out west here, but um, for the most part, it's not that big of a problem. Um, you were mentioning about the different kinds of aphids, and, and you know we do have 
Um, Apple Green Aphid is, you know, probably uh, out there. It's the easiest to control. Um, not that much of an issue for sure. Rosy Apple Aphid is the next one that we kind of have to deal with uh, at, at times. A little bit more difficult to control. I'd put him in the middle range of, of controllability. Um, and then I, the last one, the, the one that everyone wants to not have to deal with is, is woolly apple aphids. And it is the toughest to control. Um, it's uh, just because of its growth habit and, and by uh, putting that woolly cover over itself as it's laying its, its young, um, it's just really difficult to control. And because of its um, ability to, to put forward these, I guess they're filaments, are they? Or just describe a little bit about what that woolly mass is made of and why that's so difficult for uh, control. So I'm not 100% sure what it's actually made of, but um, the difficulty with it is is that it does form a barrier for the pesticides to, to come in. Um, and I mean, that's exactly why they do it. It's a barrier for anything to come in and, and attack them. And so when they put this white mass over top of, of the young um, as they're growing and stuff like that, it does make it very difficult for conventional methods to get in there and, and, and control them. And when I say conventional methods, I'm, I'm referring to pesticides that can be used to, to control the woolly aphids. What is, um, what is the best uh, integrated pest management program for these insects? So the best control method for this, of course, is not to have um, wild swings in, in any one or, or another um, integrated pest management. Um, and what I mean by that is you want to have a good control of, of all of the insects that you're, that you're controlling out in the orchard, and you never want to have to use um, one product more than another product uh, that you um, start goofing up uh, the natural predator to uh, prey balance. And if you can successfully do that, you you know you may get some green aphids, you may get some woolly aphids, you may get some rosies, but there's enough uh, predators out there to, to keep everything in balance. If you have a situation where something is getting out of control and you have to attack that insect, and it may not be aphids, it may be something else, and you have to attack it really hard, um, you can throw your your predator balance out of out of, uh, out of whack, and then all of a sudden the the aphids can come in uh, because they have nothing controlling them, and that's when you get into trouble. So you just start throwing your total integrated pest management package out of control, and now you're starting to spot treat for one thing, which causes another problem somewhere else, um, and now you're having to control that, and that that's probably going to control cause uh, control issues with something else and uh, off to the races you go and you're now controlling a bunch of things that you you didn't really want to control. So that's the biggest thing is to make sure that you're trying to keep everything in balance, but nature is not always uh, kind to us and, and we have to do that once in a while and then we get into to aphid pressure. What is uh, top of mind, I think, for a lot of apple growers across the country is PMRA's reevaluation of certain crop protection products and uh, the neonicotinoids uh, come to mind. So what advice are you giving to your growers going into 2019? So, yeah, the, the loss of neonics is, um, is concerning for a lot of our growers. Um, not that they're used a whole bunch, but they are 
They are used here and there for um, control of, of aphids, so for sure. It's also used for the control of the, uh, the mullen bug. And um, so with the loss of this product, I think the thing that we have to be cognizant of as, as growers as we go into 2019 is our list of chemicals that we can use to control aphids, mullen bugs, some other insects that we have out there has gotten really small. And so as we move into the 2019 crop, one of the things that we're trying to get across to our growers is keep something in your back pocket. And you almost have to think backwards in time. And it's not something that our growers are, or, or anybody is, is quite used to. Um, you almost have to think of, what if I have a problem in August and I need you know, one of the two remaining or one of the three remaining products that I've got because I've lost all these neonics. I need to keep one of those there, and I've got to work backwards in time. So I've got to work from August all the way back to April when I start my spray program, and i got to make sure that I've got one of these products that I can only spray twice or I can only spray once during the growing season. I've got to have that there, which then starts to build your integrated pest management program all the way back to April so that, okay, I can use product X and then I can use product Y and I'm going to keep product Z just in case I need it in August. And hopefully you don't run out of products by the time you get to August and, and do need that last product. So it's um, it's it's worrisome. It's, it's difficult to, to manage an integrated pest management program that way. Um, the whole point of, about integrated pest management is control when you need to control. And if you don't have that ability, then you, you lose some of your integrated pest management. Are you going to be setting up a matrix then, uh, like a, a graph that, that shows uh, what the possibilities are for each of those products? My thought here is that for growers, it's really difficult to remember what different class of uh, insecticide all of these products belong to. And so it's uh, it's quite the job to make sure that you're rotating between um, chemistry families. Yeah, and it, it's uh, reminiscent of when we had some trouble with uh, the loss of some uh, fungicides back in the, in the uh, 90s. And that's exactly what we did, Karen, is we set up a bit of a matrix and and, and, and worked our way backwards. And, you know, okay, this one you can apply twice, so let's pretend you use it here and here. And this one you can apply three times, so let's put that here, here, and here. Um, and this one is the exact same as this one. It's in the same chemical class, so um, you're really not doing integrated pest management. You're not rotating your chemistries, so let's hold that one, you know, as a just-in-case. And um, it, it is confusing. It's fine to do it in January when you go through classes with growers, and we do have educational sessions that will present this to our growers, and it's fine to do it on a piece of paper, but when you're in the heat of the battle during the growing season, you're absolutely right. You do forget some of these things, and you know your matrix gets a little discombobulated because you just had to use that product to control an insect or a disease, and 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 off your you know you're off your integrated uh, rails already, and so it is something that, as I say, it's concerning because we've lost a product that was helpful and and uh, you know was used very early in the season. That being the Neonix was used very early in the season, and so to lose that now and now have to use uh, uh, one of the few remaining products that are left, it's going to get tight out there. Um, and what I mean by tight is it's going to be 
going to have to watch and make sure that you're not causing a lot of other trouble by spraying those those remaining pesticides. Well, I would think that uh, come uh, January and February of 2019 that you'll be uh, putting some of those scenarios out there for people to uh, test their acumen. You need to literally test some scenarios and then throw at them, well, what do you do now if such and such happens? That's, that's exactly what we're going to do. And as I say, you know, when we do our educational sessions with our growers in the, in the early part of the season in January and February, we're going to, we're going to work through those, you know, through, uh, some workshop sessions that we have at our, at our work forums and stuff like that. Thank you so much for your insight. I know that this will be a value, a great value to apple growers across the country. And it's worthwhile pointing out that you are an orchard grower yourself. Yes, I am. And so I'm going to have to sit down and build my own matrix and make sure that I'm not goofing up my own integrated pest management. <laughs> I'm sure you're an expert. You've uh, been at this for, for quite a number of years. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be my 30th season. So uh, I won't say I'm an expert. I'm just getting to know it now. <laughs> so before uh, we sign off, how can our listeners contact you? Uh, they contact me by going through the BC Tree Fruits webpage. And that is what www.bctreefruits.com. Correct. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing your time. I know it's a very hectic time of year, and so best wishes for the harvest. Thank you very much. Is there an industry topic you'd like covered? Leave a comment, like our podcast, and share on social. Remember, if your phone rings, it could be the grower calling.